You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Hey, Nick. Oh, shit. I'd beat you to it this time. You know, you're always greeting me first, and then I have to respond, and I thought I'd change it up. Are you surprised? I'm super surprised, dude. I'm super surprised, but I'm super thankful. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's such a lovely day. Uh, you know, and we'll get into that a little later, but uh, it's, you know, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Why not have you be the first to speak? Yeah, we can do whatever we want in this new world. Joseph R. Biden has has brought us possibility. What what other things do you want to do now that Joseph R. Biden is president? What, what, what's on your mind? I've always wanted to learn how to scuba dive. Yeah. So now that Joseph R. Biden is the president, I may uh, try but I'll be honest with you. I've already tried scuba diving, but I have a weird inner ear problem that yes. if I get too deep, if the pressure gets too intense, uh, I get vertigo. So it's unsafe and they couldn't actually license me. So uh, I went through the whole process of getting certified to be a scuba diver and I couldn't do it. So, but now that Joseph R. Biden is the president, I may give it another shot and maybe my ears will will work with me. I mean, that's great. I, I was more just talking about like, get some ice cream or some shit but good for you america little justice little justice little justice ah ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen welcome 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 to the first little justice episode recorded in the new presidency of joseph robinette biden Welcome, Mr. Kamala Biden. Harris. Welcome, Mr. Biden. So nice, Welcome, so Mr. nice to Mr. have you all here. <laughs> it's so nice to so nice to be with you in this country that is still the same, just has a better paint job on it today. Uh, so <laughs> paint, paint job is an astute metaphor. <laughs> it is. It is. But can I tell you? I will say this. Uh, it was so you know. I've so so obviously you, you watched the inauguration. You watched parts it. of it. Yeah, the important and, parts. The important parts. You, you you watched you watched J Lo. You watched Lady Gaga. Uh, you know you, you watched the speech. Um, mm-hmm. I gotta say, definitely teared up uh, when Kamala was getting sworn in. That was a big old moment. That was I mean, a that's big a big moment. moment. It's a big yeah. moment. And then Biden's speech, mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel. What do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, but he's he's been on point. You know understanding that he's not writing these things. He's got a, a team of people who know exactly what he needs to sound like. Yes. I think they've done a really good job about making sure the message is consistently uh, unifying. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I was worried when Biden became the front runner and through this whole process that, that there would be sort of an aura of backsliding right yep. into yep. back into politics as usual. And I think that they have recognized that. And while I assume there will be 
a lot of politics as usual. Um, I also think that that there's a lot more Bernie <laughs> in the Democratic yeah. Party right now than than there would have been otherwise had you know the whole Trump thing never have happened. So, oh no, Bernie is all over this, and it's it's interesting too because he is you know. I feel Biden is coming at this with such a it really is the decency president. Like that's what it feels right. like. I'm not not trying to, you know, coin a phrase before before it becomes a hot thing, but I I did, so you're welcome, news media. But uh he I mean he he it just feels decent. Everything he's saying is coming from a place of decency. He told uh, the White House staff uh, mm-hmm. today when in his speech to them that he would fire them if they treated anyone with disrespect, that it was like automatic. And like, part, yeah, part of that is for show. It's for us. He knows we're watching, but it's also just a nice thing to hear. Like we're coming yes. back to transparency and decency, uh, you know, and, and uh, still some, com- I, st- I, st- I don't know about you. I still have complicated feelings, uh, you know, about this, about everything that's happened in the past two weeks, but this was just a, it was a nice day to just be like, oh my God. Okay. We're- it's amazing. It's amazing how much normal can feel special, <laughs> you know, just by, just by doing things the way they should be done without too much weirdness and too much fanfare. Uh, it it feels good. It feels really good. It which feels is not a feeling that we're used to as a country at all, at all. And it, it, all. it really it it really is a a special thing. I, I I do feel. I don't know. I feel I feel I feel lifted. Like I, I'd really you know today we we did chaos twins and we're done you know recording little justice this this inauguration day and and it and it does feel like. Oh yeah, we're let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. He signed. Yeah, it. you know what I mean. No, yeah, completely, completely. Um, and and I think there hasn't been as much like for the past two weeks. There was so much, um, just like negative energy. Everyone was assuming that this week was going to be a crazy thing, right? That there were going to be mobs in the street and every capital in the country. Um, that there was going to be violence. That there was going to be this and that. More what I'm seeing is a lot of people online recognizing that Trump is going to abandon them, that he has abandoned them. It, it's the, the people really fighting for him were under the assumption that his term would not end, that even if Biden took the presidency, there would be a big fight that Trump would be at the head of uh, and there and and it would go on. And and Trump's out like he made all his money off the pardoning. He like charged basically sold pardons has made a ton of money off campaign financing and and I would be surprised if he felt the need to get back especially you know the way that he's left now feeling like a loser well uh, why, why would he come back he well it's interesting right because I think I think that you know I, I never count him out of anything at this fucking point I'm just like you are a little snake oh, we're so used to it's exactly. like muscle memory it's just like yeah I'm not gonna be surprised I'm not I'm just not gonna be surprised by anything but what I will say is if this impeachment trial goes through and they're able to stop him from doing that I think that's yeah. great I think there's always the chance that one of his kids runs I'm in fact I'm pretty sure it's inevitability that one of his kids runs for something so right. that that is something we got to keep our eye out for and I think that's what I appreciated the most about Biden's speech and, and all the speeches today were speeches that were like hey we're here. But like now there's work to do. Like there's, there, mm-hmm. we, we have issues. We have a lot of issues that we need to reconcile with. And Trumpism is not gone, right? Those people that did this still exist. It's not like they're just blinked out of existence because uh, Biden won, you know? And, and I think that that is a huge thing to remember as we go forward in these next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Like, you know, like, absolutely. Like, my, 
Go ahead. Yeah. Well, my my perspective on it, and again, maybe maybe it's a little bit uh, naive or or hopeful, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that is that Trumpism really uh, only exists in the kinetic energy of the present moment, right? Like as like a side culture, it has no power. It's yeah. only because Trump was in the presidency and saying all and and blowing up the norms yeah. uh literally and figuratively <laughs> um that that's what gave it power and that's what people cuz the people behind it are are sucked into these social media bubbles right it's people getting fed all this fake news and all this and that trump himself like without without the daily uh re reaffirmation mm-hmm. of of what they're for uh, yeah. I really don't think it holds nearly enough power to sustain for four years. Well, and, and I, but I, do, maybe it'll come back in a new form. I think, I think, you know, that dark yeah. side is still there, but I don't think Trump himself is the thing to worry about. Well, we'll and now we've been made very aware of, of yeah. the white supremacy to have, to have the president elect get up and on being sworn in, talk about white supremacy That's is a crazy huge. thing. It's a, it's a huge a- thing. It's a big thing, and and we shouldn't we should definitely not uh, take that uh, you know take that for granted. I will say, however, I think that I think that you know what's sad is right. You're dealing you're you're talking about a thing that has always been there, and we are calling it Trumpism, but it is it has been with us since the dawn of the country. In fact, you know, there's that you know uh, uh, we had a we had a, a Diane Morales on our show uh, for Chaos Wednesday, who's the uh, one of the candidates for for mayor of New York City, and she said something about oh, cool. how it was so astute. She was talking about the idea. Her and Sasha were talking about the idea that, like, you know, w- we have to get away from the education that tells us that the system isn't working, and mm-hmm. to the education that says the system is actually working exactly as it was designed to work. And that's that's the issue, right? Is that this system was built for white men in 1776 and has not yeah. been sufficiently updated since and now Completely. we're just it's it's just it's just a, we are we are trying to open the iris so i think to remember that that trumpism is baked into the very fabric of this nation and we just have to keep our eye on it and and reckon with it and i think i and it sounds like we are starting to do that work and i'm very excited to continue um yeah. but you know bring us back bring this back to the the purpose of this thing which is as always to talk guys we are so sorry you know we we realized that like you know we just talk about this the world it's, shit it's what there is to talk about and it always it, we find a way to tie it into what we're actually here for you know uh, I, this one especially i mean i think i think we've started choosing topics just based on how we feel or what's going on it's it's a nice flow because it gives us an excuse to to talk about politics yeah you know and 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 stuff but this is this is definitely we wanted to we wanted to choose for this first biden harris episode choose a uh a topic that went with that so this is you know we're, we're calling this the first day on the job movie was that what we the job the first day on the, the new job. new job first day on the job i think it's open to interpretation as most of our stuff is yeah uh, how, yeah. how did how did, you, how did you how did you look at it you know it's interesting because i i i was i was thinking about you know, as always, there's the two ways to take it. There's all, there's one, a movie that is literally about somebody's first experience with a job, um, right. which is, I think, you know, a very cool idea. There's also uh, that idea of, you know, a movie that, that could inspire you or a, a piece that could inspire you on your, on your time. Oh, interesting. Uh, 
you know what I mean? Like, like, like what's a movie that you would watch on your first new day of a new job? Um, Hopefully if you're at the, if you're on your first day of a new job, you're yeah. not watching a movie. You're yeah, hopefully, doing yeah, your, hopefully your you new are. job that you're there for. Yeah. Hopefully that's the hope anyway, unless you're a film critic, in which case uh, best of both worlds, best of both worlds. And I think that, I think that for me, I tried to find something that was like a little bit in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean like a movie that, a movie that, to me would inspire me um, both as somebody who is coming into a new job. Like I would watch it maybe the night before and get pumped mm-hmm. up and be like, okay. And as somebody, uh, you know, um, coming into um, or somebody, somebody, you know, a movie that is about a new job. Right. Um, you know, I think, I think both are viable options, uh, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, and make I think sense. so. I mean, my, my- my my approach to it, it, it was similar, but I took the job part into consideration too, in terms of okay. like what what a job is, right? Like why we start a new job. So not just like a new job, someone starting one. Um, I wouldn't call my choice inspirational at all, uh, okay. except to a very specific type of person. Interesting. Um, but uh, it is about someone starting a new job, but it's also about about why who are like, what does it take to, to do a job, right? Like what is, what is the mindset and the ethos and the, uh, the drive behind working <laughs> Yeah, in a way like, and, and, and what is expected of somebody, uh, moving into a job? What is, you know, what are the limits to it? Like how hard should you push? How far can you go? Um, you know, what kind of person do you need to be? Do you need to change stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I've, I've spent my entire career freelancing and I mean, f- more or less, so have you, right. Bouncing from thing to thing, right. Moving yes. into a new environment, giving it what you've got, moving on to the next thing. So you and I collectively have had dozens and dozens and dozens of new jobs. Dozens, 100%, 100%. And, and that's kind of, I, I think that's the artist's life, right. You know, that's, that's kind of what we do. We create these little families and and mm-hmm. we, we, we have, we do what we got to do with them and then we, uh, then we move forward. So that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. Now, did you, did you find when you were, so, so this movie you say is not inspiring at all. To me, it would be inspiring, but that's, I'm a very specific type of person. I, you know, I'm disturbed. I'm very exactly. Worried. Well, exactly. Uh, no, you know, it, it's, it, I don't think a movie needs to be like, it, a movie about a new job you figure is going to be inspiring in the sense that it's some, you know what the movie's going to be before you start, right? Someone comes in and they struggle and then they finally come out the other end better than they, they came in, right? They understand something, right? Like Devil Wears product kind of like, I'm having trouble this whole time, but at the end I have this growth <laughs> that allows me to be me more presently and do my job better. And, you know, there's a million and one movies like that. Um, my film does that in the weirdest possible way. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but it's, you want uh, to dive in? I mean, let's not, let's dive in. I'm, I'm very interested. To um, yeah, we can. It's a little early to do the dive, but we can, we can do it. Well, let's, we let's can do it for sure. The dive. Let's do the dive. I want to know. Let's let's dive right in because I I have wanted to talk about this one for a while, and I'm glad that I finally got a good excuse. Uh, yeah. And as I watched it, uh, this is my third time seeing it. Um, okay. In the guise of of new job and thinking about new job movies specifically, right? Like the tenor of what 
these movies should feel like the triumphant yeah. moments and the despairing moments and the where you are at the end and all of that it actually fits it very perfectly but wrapped in a completely different package okay so we open on shots of los angeles you're gonna get this shots of los angeles nighttime basically the whole movie takes place at night except for a few instances uh full moon over la the observatory desert city very kind of barren will even when we're we're in the downtown beverly hills it's it's a little wildernessy and then we cut in we're somewhere uh, along the canal in the arts district something like that uh on a work site and there's a guy clipping at a fence clipping away at fencing stealing it right middle of nowhere no one's around kind of a weird guy greasy long hair clip 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 car pulls up private security officer gets out excuse me sir who are you what are you doing here guy turns around he's got he's got a creepy ass smile on his face in the headlights of this truck he has a creepy ass look in his eye big smile he's put the clippers away he starts talking to the guy i didn't know i wasn't allowed in here I thought this was a detour. Okay, buddy, let's see some identification. What's that outfit? Oh, you're a security. Oh, private security. I tried to get one of those jobs. Yada, yada, yada. Gets closer and closer. Sees the guy has a nice watch on. I'm so sorry. Whatever. Wham. Knocks him out. Cut to the next shot. He's driving, driving down the highway. He's got all the fence. He's gone through and continued to clip all the fence off. And now it's in his car. Uh, and he's wearing the guy's watch. The movie is Nightcrawler. Excuse me, sir. I'm looking for a job. In fact, I made up my mind to find a career that I can learn and grow into. Who am I? I'm a hard worker. I set high goals, and I've been told that I'm persistent. Now, I'm not fooling myself, sir. Having been raised with the self-esteem movement so popular in schools, I used to expect my needs to be considered. But I know that today's work culture no longer caters to the job loyalty that could be promised to earlier generations. What I believe, sir, is that good things come to those who work their asses off and that people such as yourself who reached the top of the mountain didn't just fall there. So what do you say? I could start tomorrow or even why not tonight? No. Oh, good Lord. I don't know why. <laughs> you, that is so gross. How, ha- how have you never, how have you never, how could you not get that? I, how? I'm not because I wasn't even thinking that you would go. I was hope it's it's Biden's administration. It's Biden's administration, and you go to like the most sociopathic movie. This is not the this is not the Biden's administration movie. Okay, this is the Your new first, job. The new job. Movie. The first all right, I'm job. I'm stripping away all the other elements. I'm looking at the core of you what we really want to figure damn out. Damn idiot! What is a movie about somebody starting a new job? This is the movie. <laughs> no, that is not the movie. That is this is abs- this is absolute no, think about it. Think about it. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Nightcrawler is it's a film by Dan Gilroy starring Jake Gyllenhaal as a oh, guy God. who who starts working shooting crime scenes, right? He gets a police scanner and he starts he's looking for any job he can get. Like I said, we found him, you know, stealing wire trying to sell it to a guy he tries to get hired by the guy who says he doesn't hire thieves and 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 you know the main character he's kind of Lou is his name like Lou whose name Lou whose name uh, 
kind of like respects him for it. Like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good way to run your business. He's like a very self-starter. He's always talking about something he read in a book, how his mindset in terms of business and growth, like psychotically, this man is psychotic Sure, uh, in his determination, right? He is, he is everything about, he is D- Tim Ferriss or whoever, you know, amped up to the max uh, with zero of the success, right? It's all work ethic mindset and zero product. And he he gets sucked into this thing, thing you know, starting following uh, accidents, crime scenes, shootings and things and going and trying to be the first one on scene to film it, to sell it to the news station and build his business that way. Um, over the course of the movie, he actually, because of his kind of like psychotic, sociopathic nature, he's able to really, you know, you know, build this thing to what unfortunately it needs to be. And it becomes this huge conversation about about media consumption and the news and productizing really bad stuff that really is happening to people. I got no calls here, but that's the lead. I want to break it up and do a wraparound from the scene. I want a walking stand-up, teaser at five, repeat on the half, and I want the copy to start with a warning. You're gonna show this? With a warning. It's excessive. We should have packages like this every day. People are eating breakfast. And they'll talk about it at work. So so here's here's again, I just you know I just want to point out to everybody listening that you know on the day of like president <laughs> the day of like our the our last day with like the most fascist, narcissistic, like truly tyrannical president that we have ever had outside of, you know, like like maybe like an Andrew Jackson. Do you know what I mean? Like we are we have escaped the, the 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 madness for now for now but we've escaped it and this motherfucker who i host the show with goes to like the darkest most like like truly like capitalism you know greed is good wolf of wall street movie like on a I, bender. I don't i don't see it that way i think this movie does it's it's completely inverted in such a poetic way where it's not, it's not saying it's not in support of this, right? Like how many movies have the main character? It's he's not an anti-hero. You never root for this guy. You hate this guy the whole time. You hate what he's doing. You're just kind of morbidly curious about seeing how far he'll go, which speaks to what the film is actually about. But like the, the actual character and the story is not trying to get you to support (laughs) No. what's going on no it's not it's not trying to get you it's just pre- presenting it in a way and, and again like in terms of how they uh lay out the music how the music comes in and out how they portray him from his perspective when he does something good which is something bad the music is triumphant right yes. the shots are slow motion the the world is is a good place when he's angry it's it's the opposite um and they they follow like if you really like structure it out scene by scene they follow it's pretty formulaic but it yeah. like I said it's completely inverted and it, well, it's so interesting. But you here's here's what I would say you cast an actor like Jake Gyllenhaal who is I I truly believe he is one of the most talented people we have out today and yeah. um and and it, and it took me I'll say it took me a second to get there it took me a second to get to a place where I was like this is this dude is next level but um he. 
there is just such a freedom in his work. I, I find that he just doesn't, he kind of reminds me of a, it's so funny. I was going to say Heath Ledger or even like a younger Brad Pitt when Brad Pitt was trying so hard mm-hmm. not to be just the pretty boy and like, you know, was doing like the 12 monkeys of it all. And, you know, and like, right. and would pull out of legends of the fall and then would jump right back into, you know, a, a fight club. Like, like it, it's, it's that, it's that, that, that search to be like, yes, I know I'm a very beautiful person, but like, let me, let me act. I'm not just here to be like eye candy. Let me act. And, you know, this performance that he gives in Nightcrawler is, I mean, it's his Travis Bickle. And that was said when. It absolutely is, is the correlation. Um, It's, it's it's Taxi Driver. I mean, this, this movie is, is Taxi Driver, which has a similar, it has a similar tone, except in Taxi Driver, he redeems himself to an extent, right? There, there is that, like, he does a little bit of good. This, this guy, mm mm-mm. There's, there's no yeah. good. And by the, by the end, he's even worse because you realize how settled he is, how comfortable he is in what he's doing. Um, so, so I mean, in, in terms of approaching it like a new job movie, uh, yes, that's what I, I want. Put I, it in conversation for what, me. Yeah, what's always interested me about this film is, is that ethos that I was talking about? Is, is that mindset? Because there's so many, especially this day and age, where people don't know why they're working, right? Like we've built a culture where you have to go to school and then you have to get a job. But like before in the history of humanity, uh, the work you did directly contributed to uh, survival, right? It was like you go farm, you go bank, you go even, even things like banking, even things like entertainment, all of that, like it was more geared towards uh, uh, smaller set communities. Now, because we have access to the entire world, uh, working working is so confusing. <laughs> like, what are you? What? How? In turn, you need money to survive, but especially in America, how are you supposed to get there? So, so there's a you know billion dollar industry built around these books and motivational things to try to put you in the mindset. Of, of yes. working, you, you need to be working harder. You need to be working smarter. You need to be working longer. You need to be working shorter. You need to, you need to go do this and that and build passive income and active income. And you need to like, there's so many things that like completely shroud the simple chaos that is like the world working system. Yes. And every country does it a little bit differently, but we, and now we've gotten to this point where like we've lost perspective on it which kind of draws in a lot, right? Like the minimum wage hasn't changed in 20, 30 years, but the cost of everything has gone up. We've been fighting for a minimum wage increase to a point where now that doesn't even cover what it's supposed to anymore. And we're still fighting for it. So like we've, we've lost sight of what it is. So, so what I love about this character is that he is the, he, he reveals the stupidity in that. He reveals the craziness of this mindset of get up and grind. When am I gonna get my raise? That that's reasonable, right? You keep talking about this performance review. When's it gonna happen? I've been, I've been out here two months already, busting my ass every night. I'm, I'm tired of your promises for more pay, man. I'm sleeping in a garage. Rick, trying to leverage your salary in this economic environment is near impossible. Most firms have set starting wages. Ideally, you could leverage with other offers, but that's just not the case in your situation right now. Right, of every waking second should be about how can I go kick ass? How can I go do better than the other person? How can I get mine? Um, 
by working harder and working smarter and working all that because he's somebody who's doing that. He's living that and failing miserably. And the only way that he can he can transform that water into wine, right? He can he can take that energy and apply it to something is by is by being scum. Is by going and filming these people dying in car crashes and setting up. Like by the end of the movie, he's setting up. Yeah, he's pulling that event. He's yeah. he's like pulling strings so that he can get the footage, letting his letting his friend slash employee, you know, literally get shot so that he can rise a little bit higher. And I, I think it, it's so. And I mean, as a freelancer, I kind of look at. I feel like I look at at working life from the outside in because I don't have that normal nine to five. But it, it reveals to me the the absurdity of it. Yes. Yes, it does. It's certainly, I mean, it certainly acts as vicious commentary, almost satire. I mean, would you call it satire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I would call it dark, dark, dark comedy satire for sure. It certainly falls. It, I mean, falls in that, in that category where it's just trying to really trying to make you look at it. What, what I will say though, I, I, you know, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, because I, again, going back to my examples, I consider Wolf of Wall Street satire. I consider all these things, right? You are you are letting these systems and people who love these systems play out to their inevitable conclusions. And I think what, what Nightcrawler is incredibly successful at is, like you said, showing us the logical, logical conclusion of a person like this. My question to you, though, is as a first day on the job movie, um, yeah. you know, is it do you find that with nightcrawler you're 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 yes he is he is jumping like he gets in he gets a new job and he's like i'm going to be the best at it but is it i don't know i i fi- i i i i have always i've always thought like it's got to be i'm about to answer my own question i was i was about to say it's got to be somebody coming into a larger world there there's such a motor on this guy there is no question to me not not that he that that this that this person from the beginning of the movie won't do the dis, the disastrous things do you know what I mean that yeah. that he's going to do and that absolutely that's the element that's missing a little bit for me as as a as a you know there where where i guess my question to you without ruining the movie for anybody where do you think the point is where he passes the threshold right the, the, a new well, I, a, so, so here ahead. here's who the here's who Lou is right is like i said he's somebody who has this mindset he's somebody who's committed himself to doing stuff and and can't do it he they don't you know the only time you see him doing anything is stealing yep. he's a thief and he's very committed to it but that's kind of on his own terms and it's what you do when you can't get a job doing something else. It's not because he doesn't want a job. He literally, the guy he sells his stolen goods to, he asks him for a job. Yes. He says, I'll work for you. I'll work really hard for you. Like I can start tomorrow. Like he, it's not that he doesn't want to partake in the system. It's that he is completely outside of it. So when he, it's because he hasn't found something that fits, like there is no job that he could do yep. besides this one, right? And yep. he lives in a world and the guy he hires, right? He brings the guy in and the guy he hires, who's played by Riz Ahmed, who's great. He's amazing. Um, yeah. He's amazing. Um, tells him in the interview, like, I worked as a landscaper for a week, you know, week here, week there. I've never really been employed, but I'll work hard for you. And he hires him. Like, I think he maybe he sees a little bit of himself in it or or something. So I, I think the transition is is the first time he sees that this is a possible thing, right? He pulls up Bill Paxton. God yep. rest his soul. Oh, uh, is is his competition, right? Yep. He's the guy he he like 
de facto learns from their their rivals but he you know he shows up to a crime scene randomly and sees a guy filming asks him what he's doing he's more interested in how this job is working mm-hmm. realizes you can make money doing this stuff uh and immediately sets about he like steals a bike and goes and sells it to buy a camera from a pawn shop and then goes and and he builds his arse you know first it's a shitty camera and then he gets yep. a better one and then he hires help and he does everything you should do for a small business right so it, yeah. it's this it's this moment of realization that he has that like if he has to survive of his own accord and he's too nuts for anybody to hire him for anything else here is something where every ounce of sweat you put into it will come back if you're willing to do it and that's his whole thing. Nobody's willing to do the actual work. No one's actually willing to do what it takes to get it done. So I, I think, I mean, I, I completely disagree with your assessment um, for, for those reasons, respectfully. No, no, no. I mean, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, a, that's why I asked, because I'm not saying, to be fair, I'm not saying it's not a first day on the job movie. I'm just saying, I, I want to, I mean, you answered it. What is that, what is that moment of threshold? Because that's, mm-hmm. it's, for me, the first, the, the key element of a first day on the job movie is the character steps into a larger world and makes, and makes the decision right. to do so. Yeah, and but, but absolutely, that, that's what it is. I mean, okay. that's the sunshine. That's, that's, you step through the door and you see what you're, what you've gotten yourself into. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you run with it, right. And you deal with the consequences of it. Yep. Yep. You make yep. your mistakes, you try to grow, uh, you, you push back. And by the end, you're in a better place than, than when you started. Um, yeah. and it, and that's what I'm saying about the structure of it too, right. The emotion, the story structure and the emotional structure of it, it follows all of that. Oh no, no it's, it's just, yeah. those plot points are completely demonic. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, his, yeah, his barometer of success is uh, is skewed. No, it is, but, but and 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 to be to be fair, I think that once you you know from the opening, now thinking back, it's been a minute since I've watched it, but now thinking back, mm-hmm. the opening shots, I mean, everything about it tells you that you are in a world that black is white, up is down. Do you know what I mean like yeah. you are not dealing with? Uh, we're not even going to try to deal with morality. Do you know what I mean like we are yep. we are truly just going with this guy on what he's trying to achieve. And these things, and it's so funny because uh, one of my favorite shows, I won't say which, well, I guess I can say which because it doesn't ruin anything, but uh, the fifth season of The Wire actually deals in a very similar thing. Um, mm-hmm. Have you have you finished it yet? Did you, I, know you were- I, li- I literally, after we had our conversation months ago about how yeah. I need to finish it, I can't get past the second season for some Damn. reason. God damn, dude! You got uh, I think because M and A won't watch it with me, so I watch it on my own, and then it's hard. It's hard to consistently watch on my own, so I just I lose it after a while. I get you. Uh, I really need. To, I really need to to get in there without ruining anything. There is a very similar setup that happens because mm-hmm. the, the the fifth season is all about journalism, right? That's it's about the journalism as an okay. industry, and um and what it means to be a working class journalist and all these things. So. Um, you know, read into that what you will about how it connects to Nightcrawler, but the it it, it was almost like um, it almost becomes a meta commentary for the show because it, it deals in sensationalism and and making up stories and the idea that in a society which is built on producing work and being the best in all these things that that Lou holds so dear, um, the there there is almost n- no choice. Um, for for a newspaper, for an individual journalist, for for a policeman to not try to do something sensationalistic, if only yeah. to be noticed. Um, because when you have this kind of you know uh, reward based society, um, 
it kind of fucks you in that way. So, it, I mean, it, it is absolutely a an American story and and a and a story of somebody going going. I mean, yeah. The the most fascinating thing I think about this movie is is I mean, the character obviously is fascinating, but it's his interactions with everybody else and seeing yes. how you know they present him as somebody who is is inevitably blown off all the time right he gets ignored and and people just don't want to deal with the intensity they don't want to deal with him yeah. um and watching once he's in a place where he can really execute yeah. uh again literally and figuratively um oh. he sucks these people in right the the lady the producer oh, at the Russo, news yeah. station who he's yeah. to played by Renee Russo you know, she starts off as kind of just this like, okay, like sell me what you got. Okay, this is great. If you can bring me some more, whatever. By the end of the movie, he's pulled her into this thing. He starts a relationship with her, negotiated on getting her more footage, which she yeah. she's not the kind of person to do that until he's actually gotten under her skin. He says, There's certain good things about being alone. You have time to do the things you want to do, like study and plan, but you can't have dinners like this or be physical with a person. I mean, outside of flirtationship. Where are you going with this? I want that. With you. Like you want to keep your job and your health insurance. Look, just for starters, I don't need you to keep my fucking job. You're the news director on the vampire shift of the lowest rated station in Los Angeles. We have what could be considered an almost exclusive relationship. There are many other places I could go. I have to think that you are invested in this transaction. Here you are. I've done enough research on you to know that you are not somebody who can sacrifice what I'm willing to give and all what I want in return is this, which yep. is like a personal relationship. Exactly. And she says that's crazy until until he doesn't relent and she realizes that he's absolutely right. And he does this to a bunch of people and it's 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 I don't know. It's no. creepy and it's scary, but it, but it's it's watching somebody work. He's working. Uh, it's I don't know. It's crazy. It's it really is, and and yeah, you got me thinking about all the people. Riz Ahmed uh, is is truly wonderful in this film, and and heartbreaking. Um, yeah, there's so much that that goes down. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, good, good, good pick. I'll give it to you. It's a good pick. I I think it's a good pick. I I understand your reticence about it, but I think if, especially if you went back and watched it in the guise of yeah. of a new new job. I mean, it's about somebody who is constantly looking for a new job. Like literally, he starts the movie looking for a job, and yep. this is the job that he finds. Like that he finds it is. It's true. Yeah. No, it, I'm, I'm one one hundred percent is about that. Um, yeah, man. All right, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler. So. I, I, I had a couple of thoughts in my head. I went, mm. I was going to, there's a couple of ways that I was going to go with this. And, um, I, you know, there was a dark thought. There was a world where a talented Mr. Ripley came into this. Um, okay. and because that is very much about somebody who, you know, takes on a new persona, but it wasn't, oh, absolutely. wasn't exactly a job. There okay. was, there was, did, all- did you, th- did you think about, sorry, let me ask you, did you, cause my, my mind immediately went to a detective movie. Which right, one? like an insomnia or oh, something, yeah. where where it's about the new case as a new yeah. job. That's where I, my mind originally went. Well, kind I kind I mean I actually the one that I was going to do uh, until I until I really thought about it and was like, ooh no, I want to do something a little more fun than that. Uh, was kind it's kind of a detective story in that uh, Men in Black. 
That was that was where okay. my oh, was like oh yeah, that would have been that would have been that's great. Spot on. That's you know spot mean? on. Spot on. And I and I was like, oh yeah, he's. I mean, it's you know. But I was absolutely as, as I was thinking about it though. You know, I think that because I love Men in Black, the first Men in Black, it's fucking hilarious. If there's the one, if there's one narrative weakness that I, I actually wanted to bring it up to you and talk to, and I'm, you know, let's talk about it before I bring my actual yeah. choice up. We got time. We have, we have plenty of time. What, what is it that, um, you know, Lieutenant Edwards, John Edwards, uh, 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 agent, agent, agent J yeah. needs that like like okay if we're if we're if we're plotting this out story structure Joseph Campbell uh you know story circle right why the, him why him what is his what is what does the open you know bringing him into the into the unfamiliar world of aliens and all this stuff how does that fulfill the character's need other than or 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 put them in a like do you, you know what I mean like what is what because like I was thinking back to it and I was like Okay, so we know he's a cop. We know that he is not like we get the sense he's not taking seriously his job. Mm-hmm. But like, what about like is what it drives just, him? Yeah, what drive is it? Just is it just like he doesn't have like is he just is he just lost? I mean, did you see how fast he could run? Yes, I saw. They've, they've how, never ran, they've never found that. No, we know I'm why. Trying to, I'm trying to think of it, and I can't yeah, think of the name. Yeah, yeah. He ran. He ran down that That's cephalopod. The only thing he ran down the cephalopod. And yeah, that yeah. was it. That was the whole reasoning. Well, and totally and, the test, but outran the cephalopod. So. so you know what? That's actually that actually answered my question because I'm just now realizing the lead character of that movie is not Will Smith. It's it's it's, 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 it's Tommy Lee Jones. That's yeah. that thing because it's he's it's, got a hell of a story in that. He's got a ton. It's with, yeah. It's 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 you need to you need to find a replacement, and so you're yep. looking, and so you you engage with this person who is you know, not, uh, not like your usual replacement, not your usual and men be, in black. And because he's an old white man, he yeah. sees a fast black guy and says, well, that, that must be the guy. That's the guy. New, new, next, next case, next case. <laughs> uh, no, that's, but yeah, it was going to be men in black. Um, and then there was also, I'm going to take you, I'm taking you on a long and winding path. Yeah, please walk, walk me through your work. There was also a world where I was like, do I break with tradition and do an episode of a TV show? And I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, did it I was, do that one? I did that for Star Trek one time, right? Didn't did I you? bring an episode of Star Trek in? What? I, yeah, what episode did I do uh, the first, the pilot of Star Trek Next Generation? Didn't oh, I? Oh, you did. You absolutely said, yes, Space Final Frontier. Yeah. I might, so I could have done this. It would have been the West Wing, uh, two cathedrals. <laughs> um we need Which to start a whole new podcast if you want to talk about the West Wing. Oh, dude! I mean, the West, I, I, the West Wing Weekly is one of my favorite. I if you there have is a West Wing podcast, but there, there needs to be a Nick Walker talks about the oh West Wing. I would Not even about, about like the actual content, just how much you love watching the West Wing. I watched, I watched an episode to fall asleep to last night, and it was the first thing I watched this I morning did. before the inauguration, and it, and I, it made. I bet you did. See, I fell asleep to Star Trek last night. Like, yeah, that makes pie. sense. The tracks, tracks, the tracks. But then I was like, no, let me do something that I really, really like that is like new job and mm-hmm. strangely, sadly, um, has all to do with uh, with this, the, the, what, what has happened today, this inauguration, a very cathartic uh, look. And I, okay. you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell I'm, I'm, you, know, you, you know exactly what this movie is. You know exactly. I'm going to I'm going to describe the first shot to you and you're going to know exactly what it is. I won't. 
Watch, yes, I won't. Will. We open with title cards. Yellow writing on black. And uh, that should tell you everything right now, by the way. Uh, we open... <clears throat> I can't even tell you. I, it's It's so... It's so hard. I can't even tell you what the actual title card says because it will tell you exactly what the movie is. So I'm not even going to tell you what the opening title... The, there's an opening title card that, like, sets up the scene. I'll say that. Uh-huh. You open on a beautiful French farm. Yep, okay. There's a man it. There's a man chopping wood. Yep. Want to say it? What yeah. is it? Yeah. Uh, it is Inglorious Bastards. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Are you aware of the nickname the people of France have given me? I have no interest in such things. But you're aware of what they call me. I'm aware. What are you aware of? Call you the John, Precisely. Glorious bastards. Quentin Tarantino. Okay. All right. Let me digest for a second. Let me let me run through this Sit movie in my head. Sit with it. Because yes. it is people. Yes. So the bat so again, a movie that is being told from various vantage points, right? You have the the story of Hans Landa, right? Who is who is your who is you know being assigned to a new it's actually funny because everybody in the movie has a new job at the start of the movie. Hans Landa right. is is has been tasked with going around and rounding up all the Jews left in France and he is uh he was an SS officer now he is like been given this this title of like almost like investigator or you know whatever. Um and then you have the bastards themselves led by uh Lieutenant Aldo Rain Brad Pitt uh in a crazy performance um <laughs> which you're like you're like I don't know if you're trying to be like john wayne or like what you're doing but it's nuts you just look nuts um where he has recruited these these soldiers to go around scalping nazis and then you have um you know uh shoshana who uh after this first run-in in this first scene which we'll talk about uh you know she's a she's a, a jew who is in hiding and she has a new job um working at her what she says is her uncle and aunt's uh cinema in um in germany in nazi germany but it is really uh more um for her to uh it's like a cover she she just it's it's just like her hideout so that they don't ever suspect her or look into her um but obviously you know this movie is literally about coming in and killing nazis (laughs) and like that's that's the movie my name is lieutenant aldo rain and i'm putting together a special team and I need me eight soldiers. Eight Jewish American soldiers. Now, y'all might have heard rumors about the Armada happening soon. Well, we'll be leaving a little earlier. We're going to be dropped into France dressed as civilians. And once we're in enemy territory, as a bushwhacking guerrilla army, we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis that's the setup like it's it's just that and 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 i just loved the idea of are um, they going to be cruel to the german ah uh, we you will be cruel to the german and the german will know your cruelty <laughs> by, by, by by your booty i re- i remember being because this movie came out when we were 
while we were in college. It was our right? senior year. Our senior year. There yeah. is there is nothing more film school than like this is like the first. Oh. I would say this is the first movie of the second generation or third generation even of Quentin Tarantino. Right, he's like reached this status where he's done his Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown, and then he's done Kill Bill and kind of evolved a little bit, and then this is like this a is complete. The, this is the yeah. first time he's done like a genre film, right? Yeah. Like a yeah. real hard genre film, and so I remember watching this trailer a thousand times. Oh, um, it, it was, and it, it was, was it, it was right at that start of people picking apart things on YouTube. Yeah, right, like film essayists and all this stuff. So like people were breaking down this trailer like nobody's business, and it was, you know, I mean, truly, it was one of those, you know, it, it started a new era for him of revenge films. Um, yeah, you know, because after this comes Django. After that comes Hateful Eight, which, you know, there, there, it, it, Hateful Eight was supposed to be the sequel to Django. Um, yeah. But I, I would even say in a lot of ways, that's a revenge film. That's a very, very much a kind of a, an American satire. And then on top, and then we, we have the latest, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is absolutely a revenge film and yeah. a revenge fantasy. Um, I mean, he's always dabbled in revenge, but this was like his historical revenge period started. Was, and I mean, the way it had ended to like, it seems obvious now, like it, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary that Tarantino would do something like that. And he repeated the trick in Once Upon a Time, right? Yes. With with the ending. If you haven't seen Inglourious Bastards by now, shame on you. Shame on um, you. But killed Hitler, right? <laughs> Shot in like, that Like brutally <laughs> tore him apart with a machine gun. Because you're expecting, okay, like Hitler survived. So actually this whole plot to like get into this theater and kill Hitler, it can't work because Hitler didn't die that way. We know that historically. And then, you know, he subverted it. Same way he did with, with Charlie Manson. He um, murders the fuck. I mean, literally guys, it's that, that killing of Hitler and Goebbels and Bormann. It is it's beautiful. It's truly it, and like as a movie, it gives you this this excuse to just erupt in triumphant. I remember the movie theater just oh losing God. it. It's insane. It's a fantasy you have. Like if you got a time machine, everyone's first thing they do with a time machine is go back and kill Hitler. Kill right? like that. Fuck out of him. A lot of problems. Save a lot of lives. Oh my God. Um, so it was cathartic to see that. Let me ask you this, please. Uh, in term, in terms of a new job movie, yes. As I'm thinking about it, this film really. Yes, everyone is there. There is a new mission, right? If you look at a mission as a job, yes, Alvanda, uh, yes, has has a new job that he's executing. My thing about a new job is there's there's got to be some kind of learning curve, yes. right? There's got to be some yes. kind. I feel like these guys come in and everybody comes in and does their job the best that they know how without really much drawback up until the conclusion, so right? They're, they're more following yes. orders, yes, faithful. This gets us to the, I think, the major flaw of this film. And it's so funny because did you ever think there would be a day when I would say Tarantino and flaw in the same sentence? Um, I did not. And, and you are hearing, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. And I say this again as somebody who truly, you know, the only person who loves Tarantino more than me is my wife. She, and she, and she, she loves it. That is, Tarantino is, I mean, her everything. And I love him to death. I love his work to death. Um, but this film does fall a little short for me. It's not. It's just not my favorite. And and why mm -hmm. it's not my favorite is because there is nobody. You there's. I mean, I, and he fixes. He fixes it going forward. Um, it's really the only film that he does this. None of these characters have a full arc. 
right? The, the, mm-hmm. the, tra- the, tra- the emotional trajectory of failing at something and then getting better is placed on one character. There's one character who fails so that you can, and it, and it feels like they have failed, but really they didn't fail. Do you mean like, like it's, it's, um, it's Michael Fassbender's character, um, makes a mistake and, and it gets him killed. And, right. and he's, but he, he is literally introduced to make a mistake. Do you mean like he, he's yeah. not, we don't, we, we meet him and then we see the scene in which he makes a mistake and then he comes out of it uh, or he dies. And, and, you know, and Hans Landa kind of goes forth without doing that. You know, you could say Shoshana has an arc, but like, I mean, no. I would say it's her move in terms of an emotional core. I mean, she's she's the string, right? Like she's, she's the one the we string. follow. She gives the purpose. Yes. She gives the the human purpose behind it. And so it's not just, you know, Americans killing Nazis, which is satisfying to watch for sure. But you kind of need a little more than that. And I, I you know, in the script they even say when when Brad Pitt is first introduced, he's got that big scar across yep. his neck, right? Yep. Like he's like someone tried to slit his neck. Uh, and he's like, he has a big scar across the front of his neck. It will never be discussed ever. So like he builds in this idea that, that the backstory should be obvious, right? These, every character here, uh, and it's World War II and, and, and it's a very black and white, good and evil sort of thing, especially like in historical zeitgeist, like, you know, why everyone is here and why they're doing what they're doing already. So it almost doesn't matter. Yes. Um, but it does leave a little bit lacking for sure. It does. You just, these are all, it's, it's the, you know, I think, I think it was a, a moment you, you know, watching, watching, especially coming off of the Kill Bill, uh, uh, you know, right. Duel, duology. I, it's not a trilogy. It's a, you know, two movies that really are one movie, you know, uh, the whole bloody affair. Um, you watch this woman literally dig herself out of a grave and, come and like attack and fail and and succeed and fail again right. and succeed you watch her like struggle tooth and nail to get her daughter back and it mm-hmm. is so satisfying when she finally does because you you know when she's on the bath i i have that image. i'll never let it go to my head or like out of my head is that image of her on the bathroom floor crying that next day and it's and you just you just see that she's been through so much to get her daughter back and you just feel so good for her um but with this movie it just feels disparate and it just feels like a lot of very cool characters circling the wagons to who to eventually kill Nazis. And, yeah. and I love that. I love it. I think it's great. I'm like, Oh yeah, let's have a bunch of cool characters. You know, even, I mean, Hans Landa, that first scene with Hans Landa is literally legendary. I mean, it's one of the great monologues of all time <laughs> scenes. And, and film you, history. Yeah. it really, if you haven't seen this movie, this, so the first scene with Hans Landa is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a perfect encapsulation of what Tarantino does best. Hans Landa played by Christoph Waltz shows up at this farm and, uh, he is talking to this farmer and it seems like they're having a nice conversation and Hans Landa is telling him, you know, I'm just looking for Jews in the area. I know that we hit your house already. I'm just going, you know, whenever there's a new administration, we always got to go back over things and, and double, double the efforts and, and whatever. I'll be out of here in two seconds. And they're having this like conversation. And in that very Tarantino way, just talking about everything, like literally, you know, whatever comes to their mind, they just talk about and and you're kind of unsure. You know there's a power struggle going on, but you're not sure why it's happening until that camera pans down into the floorboards and you see that underneath the floorboards of this farm are like 10 um, Jewish refugees hiding out 
So this, so now all of a sudden in the middle of the scene, this scene becomes about this farmer trying to protect these mm-hmm. people under his floorboards. And, and it's just the tension of this scene is it's master. I mean, it's like, exactly like you said, Alex is masterful, masterful. Um, and it, you know, but I, th- but, but to your point, it is a comb. The movie is just moments. It doesn't ever feel like you get to, there's a character that you care about that you can follow all the way through. Um, it does, it does feel disparate. And I think that that is its biggest flaw. Um, but in terms of a movie that is about people starting a new mission, new job, and doing away with goddamn racist Nazis. Um, well, that that's where it really fits into this whole, if we're yes. equating it to new job being like new administration, then yes, a movie about a group of people coming to kill the Nazis that we already know are dead in a whole new way. Yep. Right, because it, it kind of like, with that ending, rewriting history, it's yes. it's not that whole world. Then is not the world that we know. So it gives you a whole fresh chance to kill the Nazis all over again, kill them all right? Over. And it, it, it's which we've we've you know had the chance to do. Now we get to identify and, and attack Nazis again. So well, and it's interesting to me, right? Because you know uh, Django, which you know follows this, uh, you know three years later, um, comes out, and he's not he doesn't do. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't use. I think. I think he learns. It seems like he learns something from Glorious Bastards because Django is not about taking down the institution of slavery. It is a revenge fantasy that happens within the world of slavery. So this specific right. slave plantation gets destroyed, and you get the yeah. sense that he's going to go around and do some more damage. And you know, and and you know, subtle nod that uh, eventually his great 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 grandson is you know John Shaft. Of the Shaft films, um, what? Oh, you real? Oh, yeah, dude. His so his so Kerry uh, Washington's character's name is uh, is is uh, uh, oh my god, Brumhilde von Shaft. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> like she, so it's like he, they are. <laughs> he I had no Shaft. idea there was any kind of connection to Shaft. Shaft. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's Shaft, baby. I guess Django was sort of the same era, huh? Yeah. Well, and that's and exactly, and and I think that. Um, you mean Django, like the original Django, the Django, movie? Django, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, it wasn't a black exploitation movie, but it was in that same in that same era. Yeah. But 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 I think that that is what is so interesting is that here he like literally decimates the Nazi machine, and 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 kind of goes. It's almost like he goes too wide, and then with Django he says. I'm not trying, you know, slavery still happened in Tarantino world, but this yeah. guy was at least able to cause some fucking ruckus and, and yeah. light some fires. And that was awesome. So, you know, I, I love it. I really do, you know, in glorious bastards, it's, again, I'm not, it's, it's not his best. It is a fun watch. It's also, I think Inglorious was the first movie, maybe I'm wrong, where he lost Sally Menke, who was his editor. And no, that happened after. I think Sally well, Menke was, yeah. Did she do, did she do Inglorious? She died in 2010. Uh, maybe it, maybe I think maybe it, it was, was because I think, I think that, I, I think because that, I, that was, it's also the movie. No, she did Inglorious. She that did. Was her last film. That was yeah, her last. She did okay. it. It's okay. Proof Inglorious. And then she did a film called Peacock. And then she oh, what a, what an amazing editor. Um, but you know, it, it, it's from there that you you know his movies start to yeah. start. To Fun drag. fact: she's married. 
she's married to the director of Galaxy Quest. Oh wow! Look at that full circle, full circle. Kind of, yeah, full circle. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love Inglorious. It, like I was, you know, I was gonna say it just feels, it feels like we're getting with Inglorious into like the Tarantino. His, it's a little too long. It's just, it's just too long. It's, it's too long. It was exciting for the time. I think it goes yeah. back to like when it was released. Like it was really good, but it is, it's very, it's episodic, like almost to the scene. You yeah. can tell he had a lot of fun writing it. Yes. Um, because, because I also, I think it, it gave him an opportunity to break out of his box, right? He got to make a World War II movie, like somebody who's seen every World War II movie ever. Um, he got to go do On the Wings of an Eagle or whatever that movie, you know, all these, yep. all these classic World War II movies. Journey does, and yeah, exactly. He got to put it in his own, his own thing. It behooves oneself to keep his wits. Long story short, we hear a story too good to be true. It ain't. Sitting in your chair would probably say the same thing, and nine 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 point nine 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 times out of a million, you would be correct. But in the pages of history, every once in a while. Fate reaches out and extends its hand. What shall the history books read? Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, and and again, be- like some brilliant sequences. But I think, but they are sequences. And and as a full movie, doesn't quite come together the re- the way the rest of it does. But in terms of what we're talking about today, so here's Nick Walker uh, shitting on my choice, saying, "I don't know, your film's not really a new job. Like, why would you pick?" And then it gets to your choice, and you're like, it's not really about a new job, and it's not really the best. I didn't say that your, that your thing wasn't about a new job. I said your movie's not hopeful. Your movie makes me oh, feel like shit. That isn't the Biden movie. This is the new job movie. Uh, the new job movie. Well, the new job. I hope I hope we're going to... What was the first one? you? Or Men in Black. I think that would have been... That would have been the one. That would have been clean. Well, let's let's um, do let's come let's find another clean one for Men in Black, another clean entry point. We'll bring that back, yeah. but uh, but and, guys, and let us know all you yeah. guys out there what your, what your choice is if Nick is wrong uh, or if I am right. Don't tell me if us I'm wrong. Um, we believe it. <laughs> we believe it. But go uh, watch Nightcrawler. Yeah, go watch Nightcrawler. <clears throat> my God, I my, my I just hit puberty. Go watch Nightcrawler. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you think, and uh, you know. And, and and get and get at us and and welcome to the new presidency. Let's 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 see what this brings. Let's let's keep working, guys. And welcome back, America. Welcome, welcome back. The fuck back. All right, guys. Stay safe out there. Little justice. Little justice. Little justice. Fuck yeah. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community this can help you find your next project and if you hire theater professionals search the rise theater directory to find your next team create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. 
This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> 